Paul Martin and Ray the Roadie for the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast. How are you doing today, Ray? I'm doing swell. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing uh, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun. We've got 50 episodes in the can. Uh, this is our 51st. Uh, it's, it's fun getting this uh, these uh, overall, the bigger pictures of all these bands. Yeah, yes, it is. I mean, you lot of, learned a lot of new things you never knew about. And uh, I'm telling you, we got tons of people. I mean, emails and texts, people, you know, people I talked to said that uh, that last episode 50 was was uh, crazy good. So I appreciate all the great compliments from everybody. Well, speaking of the bigger picture, we have uh, we have kind of a tie in to, uh, to last week's with Carl G. Marisi. Um, we have Dave Zane, who's also the guitar player uh, for the Buckinghams and He's got his own band called the Bigger Picture Band. And Zane's Way, which doesn't play much anymore, but no. they're still there. They could they could come out, they could just pop up like those 17-year locusts are coming out right now. <laughs> That's right. They'll just come out of their shell and there's Zane's Way. That's right. At any minute now, they're ready to make some noise, just like the cicadas. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a there's a shell of of Dave on your tree in your yard and <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was a good uh, good interview with Dave. Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Why don't uh, we get to it? Let's do so right now. Hey, today we're speaking with Dave Zane, the guitarist for the Buckinghams and Jane Americans and uh, his own band's uh, Zane's Way and, and Bigger Picture Band. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing out there? We're doing We're doing good. Outstanding. So, uh, so tell tell us. Um, I mean, I, I hope I had four of them right, right? But I'm sure there's many more, aren't there? Many more bands. Uh, at, the, at the moment, uh, at the moment, it's it is uh, Buckingham's my number one. Jane Americans. I I play all the uh, Midwest gigs with them, and and occasionally <clears throat> I've been to Canada with them, and occasionally I do some other things uh, with them other places. Um, Zane's way still playing occasionally. It's not, not that much. I don't know whether it's the oldies, that, that genre or something, but I don't know, but it seems like the bigger, my band, the bigger picture is playing a little more, uh, of course, not lately. Nobody's playing. So yeah, no, it's not. How you survive, you're surviving the COVID-19 oh, virus thing. Yeah, money is one thing, but it's like a mental thing, you know. It's you know, it's what you do. It's like you know, uh, a fish out of water, or a, you know, bird not being able to fly. You know, it's it's just something that's in you, and you're used to performing for people, and you can't do it, you know, until everything's okay. So, right. yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's nice to have time off now and then, but not like this. Not like this. Only when you need it. But I never exactly. seem to experience any kind of burnout, even when we're going. You know. When was the last time you played? Uh, the last show that I actually did was with the with the Buckinghams, and it was uh, with America. 
mm-hmm. at the Gen- at the Genesee Theater, and it was a, a scaled down Buckingham thing. It was just uh, two original guys, Carl and Nick, and myself, just doing acoustic. Okay. So that was, that was a little different for us. We didn't know how it was going to go off, but it it went great. America was really happy. They go, we ought to do this more often. So we'll see if that happens. Nice guys, those guys. And they brought us on, they brought us on stage for their encore. I think they do that. Usually they do that, but it was still surprising to me. You know, I, I got pulled from the side stage by the bass player. He goes, come on. He goes, we're going to do horse with our own name. He goes, no big deal because uh, it's, there's only two chords in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, you play guitar? Huh? You play guitar and sang in that song? Hey, uh, they passed me an acoustic guitar. You know, it wasn't plugged in, though, so it, it was all <laughs> for the look, you know. But it was fun. I got the video, and, you know, I, I put that on Facebook so people could see it, you know. Well, I know, I know you're on Facebook quite a bit. You've been doing some... Uh, doing some songs periodically too i see there yeah yeah some of the fans kind of been prodding me you know and i I started the first time the first one and i've got i got like uh four thousand views so i figured somebody's out there looking at them so i'll do another one you know and the last one i did is um close to four thousand again i got a fan uh fan base out there (laughs) Tell us when it all got started back in the day. Uh, when, where, how old were you when you started playing guitar? Or oh, gosh. Did you start out playing guitar? I, yeah. Actually, um, actually, I remember watching the Beatles, you know, and I, I was, you know, just crazy about them and like everybody else was, and most people. There's some people that like the Stones better, but anyways. <laughs> uh, so that was 64. I think 65 my dad played a couple chords on his guitar and he could never tell when to change the chords and stuff. And he just didn't have that. And only knew three chords, taught them to me. He goes, just come over here. He goes, check, try, try this. And I tried three chords at the end of the week. I showed him five or six more that I've found <laughs> out myself. I mean, there was no internet to find that stuff out. I didn't have any books or anything. I just figured them out with my ear, you know? And then I showed him. Oh, I don't know how much, maybe a half a year after messing around and, and playing that way myself, my mom told my dad, why, why don't we have him take guitar lessons? She had him pawn her engagement ring to buy my first guitar. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't a very good guitar. It was like a Stella or something like that. It ended up warping, you know, a little time later. But yeah, so that's how I started taking lessons. And uh, I think within the first year, my teacher told my dad, he said, you you know, he's passed students that I've had for three years (laughs) already, you know. So had something there. And, uh, I took lessons for like two years, I think, which really rounded me. And my teacher would not teach any rock and roll. He oh, told really? me, to learn rock and roll, you got to go somewhere else because I just don't do that. He pretty much played standards. He was really, really good. He played standards and jazz. He just told me, he says, if you want to, you know, play rock and roll or learn rock and roll, you have to go somewhere else. And I, I really liked him and stuff. And he was a great teacher. 
And it was a good thing I did that because it totally rounded me, rounded me out instead of just playing what I wanted to play. You know, I, I played the standards, learned how to read, which has helped me out with some of the charts, you know, in the past, I've done different shows, a lot of different shows with uh, a lot of 60s and 50s artists, and they give me chord charts and lead charts and stuff, and that's really helped out there, you know. I think the last one I did <clears throat> uh, was the Vogues or something like that, and they'll usually just send you, they send you a CD or something like that, and, uh, and then, um, you know, chord charts and then there will be a part where the guitar lead is in there, you know, and usually I don't read notes for that. I just copy the lead off the original, you know, right. off the recording. That's always been a fun part playing with those bands that, that you heard when you were growing up and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, now you're on stage playing with them. It's like really cool. I love that part. Wow. So who are, who are some of those bands uh, besides the Bucky Hams and Jane Americans? Oh, gosh, that I played with, uh, Johnny Tillotson, uh, gosh, just going off, Lou Christie, the Drifters, the Platters, the Coasters, gosh, there's so many of them, the Reflections, that well. I had a lisp, <laughs> you know, I mean, there, I wrote them all down, there's like over 50, 50 artists that I've done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We should have asked. We should have maybe asked you who haven't you played with. <laughs> yeah. Lou Christie had some hits there. Uh, he had uh, lightning strikes. Lightning, lightning strikes. Strike. Yeah, I've I've worked with Lou like four times, I think. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, the tokens. That's another one. You know, lion sleeps tonight. So how did you how did you, how did you get linked up with these these groups? Okay. Um, Okay, well, I can I can start out with how I started out with the Crying Shames. That was my first big leap from just playing with local bands, and uh, so I had uh, I had my band Zane's Way together, and that was my wife Sandy's idea. And she goes, "Why don't you put together your own band?" And she financed the whole thing, and we actually weren't even married at the time. That's right. Before she financed uh, all the equipment and stuff, and I told her I can find some guys. I found a couple guys that really did great. I was looking for a keyboard player. I couldn't find a keyboard player, so I started messing around with sequencing. I, you know, bought a keyboard and started sequencing. And that really took off because I didn't realize I could do what I could do, you know, with it. And uh, so we just used a sequencer and then played. The drummer played along with the click track. With that, anyways, we had that going. My wife kept saying, you know, she was booking us, and she goes, "We got to get you closer to Chicago, closer to the Chicago area." She had us booked at the uh, Radisson at the Star Plaza, playing the, the atrium a lot, and then she had us booked at uh, at the New Buffalo Yacht Club. Now that was an, an instrumental part in in me getting to where I am because, and you never know when that's going to happen because sure. we opened up with a Gary Puckett song, which Gary's a good friend of mine now. Uh, we opened up with, I think a young girl or something like that. Some lady was freaking out and, Oh my God, I know Gary, you know, and, 
And uh, I know Gary Puckett, you're going to have to meet him. You sound just like him. You know, well, I don't sound just like him, but she thought so. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, so her and her husband, they were, they were photographers. And uh, their last name was Follett. It was uh, Kent and Jules Follett. Kent, Kent has passed away. A lovely man. Uh, and Jules uh, has gone on to write a book about drummers, and she's involved with all kinds of stuff now. But at that time, they were photographers, and they knew everybody. They knew all the Chicago bands. And so we got to be friends with them, you know, from after that gig. And um, one day she called me, and she goes, the Crying Shanes are looking for a guitar player. I go, really? So I came in and uh, checked them out and talked to them. And Hook, Hook was uh, J.C. Uh, Hook, was Jim Pilster, right. was uh, uh, running the band at that time. He just thought I lived way too far, you know, too far away because I'm here in Granger, Indiana, and I'm like two and a half, you know, two to two and a half hours away from Chicago. He just thought I was geographically wrong, you know. For the band he wanted to find somebody in the Chicago area but he liked what I did you know and uh eventually we start talking I says hey I'm committed you know convinced him that you were willing to travel right willing to travel and that was before GPS too so that I had to do all, <laughs> you know I had to do the map quest stuff freaked out about driving into Chicago with the Chicago traffic and stuff you know but it's something I had to do but I learned my way around eventually, and yeah, they gave me the job, and I was with them for like, I think 2002, I joined, I joined the Crying Shames, and at that time, they had, uh, it was Bob Stroud singing for us, you know, from The Drive. Right. Yeah, and Bob did a great job, and uh, it was a really good band really good band at that time and we were playing all kinds of festivals there were so many festivals happening so that was a really good experience for me climbing climbing the ladder you know and playing with a band that had big hits in the 60s we did a gig in uh toledo ohio i think no it's mommy ohio which is right across the river from toledo and it was a bunch of bands. It was the Buckinghams, the Crying Shames. Jimmy Sons was on that night with, you know, Shadows of Night. Sure. Uh, Question Mark and Mysterians and the Outsiders with Sonny Geraci. So I'm, I'm playing. I'm, I'm backing up uh, Jimmy Sons. I'm doing his thing. <clears throat> and then I play the Crying Shames thing. And my wife saw it in the, uh, you know, backstage there. Off to the side. I walk off. She goes, that sunny guy, you know, from the Outsiders keeps on asking me questions about you. He says he wants to talk to you. So I thought, oh, okay. So here he comes walking up to me and he goes, hey, he goes, I, I really like what you do. He goes, I like how you use the stage. He goes, your voice is great. He says, would, would you ever, if I play in Chicago, would you ever be interested in joining, uh, you know, joining me for the, some of those shows? I said, of course. I said, I don't live in Chicago, but yeah, I do that, you know? Right. So he says, you know, we exchanged telephone numbers and stuff. And then at the end of that night, we all went out to eat somewhere. And I was, uh, Sandy and I, uh, 
we're sitting at a table and we were joined by the lady that uh, sold all of Sonny's merchandise, Ray Antonin. And um, she goes, well, didn't he tell you, uh, you know, he's looking for a guitar player. I said, no, he didn't say, say that, you know, that he didn't say that much, you know. So at the end of the night, we gave her a Zane's Way CD and she took the took the CD. I was, you know, calling her and we were calling each other and talking to each other within the next couple of days. She called me after one of the days. She goes, uh, Sonny was just over. She goes, I had your CD blasting and Sonny walked in. He goes, who is that? He goes, that sounds really good. She goes, that's the guy that you talked to the other night. You better hire him before he goes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. you know, so Sonny uh, called me and had me come in for an audition. I think I played, I played one and a half songs and he goes, you're in. <laughs> you know? That's cool. Oh, yes. I was uh, I was an outsider, you know, from the crying shames to the outsiders. And then when I was with the outsiders, Sonny did a lot of compilation shows. You know, and that's where I started working with all these other shows. I think the first one was uh, Kathy Young that did A Thousand Stars in the Sky. So I warmed her up. And the other one was uh, Johnny Tillotson that did Poetry in Motion and talked back to really nice guy I that was the last I worked with him one other time and that was the last time but that was the first one and then uh Danny and the juniors and then um you know started doing a whole bunch of other ones you know and Sonny Sonny always had at least another act with him or two and we ended up usually backing them up they used Sonny's band and that's how I ended up doing all that and actually at the end Towards uh, 2008, he hooked up with Dennis Stefano. So I was playing a lot of Buckingham stuff, you know, early yeah. on. Then, you know, I met Dennis and we had a great time. Yeah, so I, I, as a matter of fact, I think I was on a date with uh, the Vogues. And it was uh, Sonny, you know, and the Outsiders and the Vogues. And I got a call and it was from uh, Carl Giamarisi from the Buckinghams. They were looking for a guitar player. So yeah. that's what that happened, you know? So I was with Sonny between 2005 to 2010. Then I joined the Buckinghams. I've been with them for 10 years now. Wow. So in a nutshell, that's, that's that whole ride there, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know? And with the Buckinghams, I never, you know, they never use a Buckingham to back anybody up. So we're our own, we're our own thing. I don't get a chance to do that. Oh, one more thing. So after I got a message from, it says Sandy, Sandy Yaguda. I didn't have no idea who that was. You know, I, he goes, would you be interested in doing some shows with us? And I, I went on, uh, I Googled it. Googled you know, Sandy Yaguda, and I, yeah. and I found out, oh, leader of Jay and Americans. It's like, whoa, I love Jay and Americans, you know. I called him and he says, yeah, we need somebody, you know, for the mid to play guitar for the Midwest because they have a guitar player on the East coast. They got one on the West coast. So I'd be their Midwest guy. And I've been doing that. And I think, I, I think it's, that's been like uh, five years or something like that. 
they're a bunch of they're a fun bunch of guys and we did a cruise a while back and they were actually on the cruise and the buckinghams were on the cruise so i got uh i got twice the pay that week (laughs) yeah Yeah. and get to enjoy being on i love the cruises you know we just missed one of those cruises you know it came at the time that this covid thing started uh flower power cruise so i got friends with uh sly and family stone that were there everybody was planning on hanging out and seeing each other again and it didn't happen so well hopefully hopefully we'll all be back to doing that soon but you know oh kidding i'm ready (laughs) yeah i'm sure you are I'm definitely ready. So yeah. the, fir- the first time I met you, I worked with you uh, uh, running sound. Uh, is at the Blue Chip with, with Zane's Way? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, so, so I know I know you told us a little bit about Zane's Way, but uh-huh. um, but who, who who plays in a band with you now? It's actually still KJ Hammerstein on on bass, and that's I'll, I'll tell you how it started out. Um, Zanesway, when we started out, it was, it's pretty easy to remember because it was 7-11-97. You know, it all all rhymes, you know. Yeah, so we started out in 97. I had a bass player named Roger Kessler playing with me, and I didn't, I never fronted before. So this guy, he had a, he had a, like a radio voice, and he was a really good bass player and really good front guy. And I had another uh, drummer named Dave, uh, at a music store in in uh, in town, and uh, oh, we played for I think five years. The drummer ended up getting sick, and I was losing gigs, and I had to find another drummer. And so that's when KJ Hammerstein came in as a drummer. He's multi-talented. He plays a lot of instruments. I was going to say I was going to say that I know KJ besides playing bass, he plays drums, plays saxophone. Yeah, and well, uh, I'm sure he's about. And, yeah, his main instrument is is drums, but now he's playing with another band. He's playing keyboards and saxophone. Our bass player was leaving the band, and it's like, oh no, where am I going to find where am I going to find a bass player? You know. And KJ goes, well, he goes, I can play bass, and it's like, well, what are we going to do for the harmony? We're losing a voice for the harmonies. You know, we're losing losing a drummer then if you play bass. I'm going to find another drummer. He goes, well, let's just try this the way it is. And I said, so we ended up, since we already had sequ- the keyboard sequence, we ended up sequenced his, he played all his drum tracks and sequenced those. And we bought a harmony machine and, and put that extra harmony in with the keyboard to, to fill in that one extra harmony. And then Sandy joined us on stage for, so we still had three on stage, but you know, you'd hear drums, but you wouldn't see them. You'd hear keyboards and wouldn't see them. Uh, and we played, we were playing around like that. A lot of people didn't mind that. We were doing some little festivals, you know, and then I got the offer from the Blue Chip. And I think it was Sue Ann uh, Brunty that was, um, that right. took care of that. And we were friends because she was with South Bend Parks where I, you know, the area where I live and she used to hire us for a lot of things. And uh, she said, yeah, the blue chip wants a drummer, you know, so. I think the first time you came in, you did it with just the three of you without a drummer. Yeah. Did we? I, yeah. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure if I remember correctly. But then, but then when you came back, your uh, second time from there on in, you had a drummer, you know. Yeah. 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 
So that worked, and and the drummer we got was uh, Rob Hunter, and he he's actually my drummer for Zane's for uh, the bigger picture right now. Right, and, Rob's been with you for quite some time, then. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, anytime Zane's way plays now, it's it's the three of us and Sandy join. And my Sandy, my wife joins us also. Right. Yeah. It's uh, myself, KJ Amerstein, and Rob Hunter, and my wife Sandy. When we when we do get something, I, right now Zanesway's not booked for anything, you know, for the year. We have uh, we have some bookings left for the bigger picture. Once things start, we've already lost, I think, four four with the COVID thing. Uh, so I had the Zanesway thing going for a while, and uh, and I was approached by a guy about. Uh, what, no, what, what was I doing? Oh, I was filling in uh, with another band, and a guy come up and he said, uh, he says, would you like to uh, play some gigs with my band? And I can't remember the name of the band at that time. I think it was Acme Box and Crate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, sure. He, he goes, well, and the sound guy goes, I've got another band. And he goes, he goes, man, anytime you can come in and, and fill in, he says, I'll pay you this. And it was a nice amount of money. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> in my time off, you know, I could make some extra money. Sure. That sounds and good. eventually I, we start managing the band and then went to make some changes in the band. And the two guys that had that band didn't like the changes and they quit. <laughs> so, and then they told everybody that I stole their band, you know, which, which I didn't, you know, is everybody ended up going with me. And well, one thing before they didn't like was I changed, you know, I, we were trying to come up with the name of the band. I came up with a bigger picture and they didn't like that. But uh, so the bigger picture lives and it's grown and it's been together for, gosh, I, I don't know, seven years now. I'd Something say like this seven eight years. I bet, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, and we've gone through a few member changes. You know, you had uh, Steve Hoy on keyboards and Mike Depoyan on guitar, and those guys lived in Kalamazoo, so they were making quite a hike to rehearse. You know, here in the uh, Indiana area where I live, and I love, uh, I love both of them too. I, I love oh. both of them. Great guys, great yeah. guys, great Christian guys, and uh, they. Uh, Mike DePoy was a great guitar. Is, is a great guitar uh, player. Yeah. yeah, I think he's uh, doing something with the blues uh, blues organization out in Kalamazoo. He's That's he's uh, head of the borders. He's he's up there doing stuff. Very nice guy, great player. So uh, first, uh, the keyboard player and his family start growing. So it's like, oh no, you know. <laughs> so, so I had I had to find a keyboard player. So I felt I felt something coming on because uh, Mike used to travel with uh, Steve all the time. He he actually has night blindness too. So, you know, he they, they both lived close to the same area in Kalamazoo. So they he, Mike would always drive with with Steve, and then uh, Mike's family was growing too. You know, so they both had to leave, you know, they didn't want to, but I had to find a keyboard player and a guitar player. So it's like, oh boy, how am I going to do this? You know, you know, you're kind of in a limited area, you know, our area, 
here is only so big. I mean, in, in the Chicago area, you got a bigger choice, more people yeah. pull from. I ended up finding the guys. The drummer goes, I got the keyboard player. I go, really? He came in and just kind of, wow. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> got it. He's got all the sounds. You know, not really nice guy. That was Rob. Rob Hunter said that he had a keyboard player, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that was Rob brought him in because they they both played in a blues band together called Elwood Splinters. And and who who was who was who was the keyboard player? Uh, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor, is, right? Is keyboard player now? Yeah. So we got we got Tom. And then I got, said, I got the right guitar player if I could find him. And it's a guy named Jim Besmer that I played with years ago. And I, fi- I finally located him. And he goes, yeah, I'm in. He came in and played. And the guys were like, wow, this guy's good. <laughs> you know, it's like I told him, you know, Rob said, I got the guy. And I told Rob, I says, I got the guy here. So we both got the right guys. You know, so, <laughs> so then the other missing link to the puzzle was we were using like three different bass players, you know, and we were constantly learning new songs. And it's like every time we learn a new song, we have to practice with that bass player each time, you know, and another one to learn that and another one to learn that. So we were looking for somebody to to be with us full time, you know, and and Tom's uh, father-in-law says, I work with a guy in Elkhart at at a trailer factory that's, the guy plays bass and sings, and I'm thinking, yeah, well, you know, we'll see. Guy came in and just nailed everything, you know. I mean, his guy's got perfect pitch. His name is Rich Pollard. Really? So we filled in the last piece of, <coughs> of the puzzle. We've been going pretty strong ever since till, till this COVID thing happened, you know. And after it happened, we've got like, we probably got another set worth of material that I've chart out all the stuff I learn. I take the songs apart, you know, I tell the guys, learn your parts. I take all the harmonies and everything and designate who's going to sing what. And kind of chop the songs apart and figure out how we're going to end it. If the song, you know, fades out on the original recording. And so now we're waiting just to get back together to rehearse, to learn, you know, whole new sets worth of material, you know, so that's going to be a lot of fun once it happens. So uh, now you front, you front the band and you front, yeah. you front the Zane's way. Yeah. But, but, but now you said you were used to fronting the band. What, what, no, no. what did you do? Would you just play guitar early on or what? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I sang everything, you know, I sang everything, but I just play guitar and, when that happened and that, that bass player from Zane's way quit, he was, a, he was a front man. And it's like, man, what am I going to do? I, was, I remember talking to Gary Puckett about it. I go, Gary, what, what the heck am I going to do? I says, you know, I've never done that before. And Gary goes, there's no right way or wrong way to do it. He says, you just got to figure out your own, your own way, you know, Zane's way. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm just going to be me, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the best thing I can do, you know, is just be me and just talk to the people like I'm talking to my friend. You know? well, well, I tell you, you do a great job at front of the band and, and you've oh, got a great God. voice. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> and you've got a great voice as well, so. 
So Thank you, you so much. So you fit right in, I'm sure. <laughs> Road to Rock Radio is proud to welcome Paul Martin of MR Rush and the Dancing Noodles and Ray the Roadie. The Rock and Roll Chicago Podcast. Join Paul and Ray as they bring you weekly interviews from bands that have rocked Chicago. It's the Rock and Roll Chicago Podcast. Monday night at 6 on Road to Rock Radio. So, Dave, uh, what kind of uh, gear do you uh, use? Well, gear? Yeah. Oh, I've got a lot of different guitars. I, you know, people always ask me if I have a favorite. I, I, like, I like my strats a lot. I think I have like five strats right now. And most of them, you know, I've, I've got a Japanese one. I've got uh, a bunch of Mexican strats, you know. Uh, I don't even think I have an American strat. I, well, I do have one. I've got a, a 1966 strat that's been changed around so many times you wouldn't even recognize it. You know, you have the gold Except, sparkle one. The gold sparkle one I put together. You know, and because uh, I always wanted one that color. Dick Dale had had one of those originally. <laughs> yeah, I've used that one. I've used that one quite a bit. That was my number number one for a long time. And uh, now I go back between that and I have a red one, red Mexi uh, Strat. I've got uh, a couple Les Pauls. You know, I've got two white white Les Pauls. One's, a, one's an Epiphone, one's a, a Gibson that was uh, left to me by a friend of mine that passed away. I've got a Paul Reed Smith McCarty that was left to me by a friend that passed away that's beautiful. I just saw you playing that recently and one of your videos. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've been using because it's got a, a, a piezo pickup in it that, uh, you know, makes it sound like an acoustic, you know, and it, it really sounds great and it, and it looks great, plays great. Uh, so I've been using that one quite a bit. I, w I won't travel, you know, I won't fly with those expensive guitars. I'll usually take a, take a, take a Mexican Strat with me. You know, usually when I go or the Epi Les Paul or something like that, they still sound great. You know, but yeah. they they wouldn't cost as much to replace. <laughs> you know, I just don't take my chances. I don't know if you've flown very much with a you know, and I take a gig bag and put it up in the overhead always, and I got to watch because every once in a while, you know, there'll be people getting on and they'll they'll have a big bag and just take it and want to just shove it in on your guitar. And it's like, yeah. oh, and I've had to yell at people before, you know, this, that's my guitar, you know, please, you know, and, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you know, that's, that's how it is. It's, that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing about uh, uh, the, well, not the hardest thing that a lot of people say that, that uh, do this music for a living. It's like we get paid, you know, we get paid for traveling, not, not playing, you know, <laughs> because all the time it takes to set up and to get there. And it's a lot of time for just being up on stage for an hour or so, you know. So, so besides guitar, what, uh, uh, I mean, I know you play some mandolin, correct? Yeah. I just picked up, I'm basically a quarter, you know, um, I play a little bit. I just, you know, pick out the songs and learn the chords and, and play them. You know, we, at one time we were doing like three mandolin songs and, but it, it just brings different, you know, different sounds into the band. You know, that's what I like. 
instead of, you know, just the keyboards being able to get different sounds. I have another guitar that's called, that's made by Lion, well, it's called the James Tyler uh, Variax. And Line 6 started out with these guitars. And this guitar models like all different kinds of guitars. It models Gretsch, you know, Gibson, Les Pauls, Strats, Telecasters, Rickenbackers. Uh, I, I remember you bringing that guitar. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, it's cool about it, too. Is it, yeah, I love, I love the sound of electric sitars and stuff. You know, it, it's got the sitar in it. And I think, yeah, I, I did that. I brought it in with uh, Zane's way because we were doing like uh, Green Tambourine. And right. I'd, I'd use it for something like that, you know. <clears throat> but I love that sound. And it's, it's got that. It's got uh, a banjo on it. And you can change the, you know, you could put it in your computer and change the tunings. It's pretty remarkable, you know. But, I mean, if you... If you take a regular Strat and put it up to it, it's like, yeah, it's pretty close. But, you know, a regular Strat's going to sound sound better. What you, what's that uh, saying? Uh, master of none, but... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Jack of all trades, master yeah, of none. That's what it is. Jack of all trades, master of none. But, but the guy from the Doobie Brothers uses one all the time. You know, so we don't have to change... Uh, change he plays uses for the banjo sounds and use it for the two uh for the tuning so you can do slide stuff it's pretty cool i'm gonna i'm gonna start bringing it out i've been messing around with it a little more lately a lot of time <laughs> yeah a lot of time to do that but, so what uh what kind of amp do you play through okay well <laughs> when i'm out with the buckinghams for backline i basically just use a Deluxe Reverb, you know, just a 112 Deluxe Reverb. I don't need anything real big, you know. I'm, uh, and singing, I don't want anything that's going to, you know, be too loud either, you know. Uh, it, actually, the Deluxe Reverb works fine for me. I can hear with our volume on stage isn't that loud. And same thing with Jane Americans. I'll use either a Deluxe Reverb or uh, what's it, the Hot Rod DeVille, you know, a 212 Hot Rod DeVille. And I pretty much use pedals for, uh, I've got a bunch of boss pedals and I was using an OCD pedal for overdrive and to store some stuff. But I just got done buying a, buying a new pedal that I haven't used yet because my pedal board I was leaving in my, in my suitcase that I travel with. And going through security, every time they'd have to grab it off and pull me over to the side and go through because there was so much metal and I go so much metal in here. I go, yeah, I know it's my guitar pedals, you know? And it's like, man, I got to figure out a way so this don't happen, you know? So I'm holding everybody up in the line, you know? <laughs> uh, so I bought this, this pedal. It's a, it's like a multi effects unit, but it's, it's analog. Uh, there's a couple digital effects on it, like the uh, digital delay and I think the chorus, but the other things are analog and it's really small. I can actually put it in my guitar case. It's, it's called a Moore Red Truck. If you look at it, it looks, it looks like a truck. It <laughs> uh, wasn't all that expensive and it sounds great. And I can actually put it right in my guitar case and travel with it. So it's going to, We'll see how it works live once we start working again. But I've been 
messing around with it. And it's got great sounds on it. So, well, I, I, I know, I know it's a bigger picture band and stuff. You were just, you were running direct. Right. That was a small stage. So. But. Right. Well, yeah, with Zane's way and the bigger picture, I run, I run direct. And right. everybody runs direct, you know, it's, you know, and then the drum, the drums are mic'd, of course. Right. So it's pretty easy to set up. Doesn't take, take that much, you know, that long of a time to set up. You know, the older you get, you want to start lightening things up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> making it easier, you know. Travel get light the, is my motto. Get the little stuff that sounds big, you know. Now, do you wear in-ears or no? I just recently started. I, I've dabbled within a year's doing right. that. And uh, just within the last year, I've, everybody in the band actually has them now. They, Rob, our drummer, and Tom, the keyboard player, started using, using in-ears. And they kept saying how great their mix is. And certain times we have monitor mixes, and it's like, Oh, ours wasn't all that great. They were just talking about how great their monitor mix was with in-ears. And so we all have those now. We just started started using them. So Yeah, they're gonna, nice. It takes sometimes takes a little getting used to, but Oh yeah. But, but they're nice to have. Yeah, Carl from the Buckinghams keeps on saying he wants to try them, you know, and he's never had the opportunity. So I said, Well, once we try them, I'll I'll bring my I'll bring my unit, and let you give it a try, you know. So uh, last week we talked with Carl J. Maurice, and uh, and uh, he had some had some nice words to say about you. How's how's it been playing with the Buckinghams and 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 being a being part of a band? I mean, well, obviously you've been been part of a lot of bands, you know, but but the Buckinghams are a pretty big deal, especially around Chicago land area. But but uh, oh yeah. Being, Playing play those number one hits like Kind of a Dragon, Susan, and... Susan, looks like I'm losing, I'm losing my mind, I'm wasting my time. Yeah, it's like, man, living the dream, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, I remember, I, I think the first time, first gig, yeah, I was pretty nervous on the first gig. You know, but and I, normally I don't. I'm not. You know, people always go, I don't, "Don't you get nervous?" And it's like, I feel the stage is my home. You know, I just feel. But playing with them, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, um, you know, Carl and Nick have you know been great. They uh, they give me uh, a lot of leeway in the show. You know, they've they featured me on. Um, you know, we do this boy. Just to watch those fans, much they love. They love the Buckingham's music and stuff. It's a great thing. I don't know how else to explain it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it, because it's, I'm sure it's an awesome experience. You know. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Just waiting to do more because we've got some coming up. That uh, we've got one coming up in July, I believe. And it's another Cornerstones. It's in the Chicago area. It's with uh, the Cornerstones and Tommy James is, is on that one, too. And I think Herman's Hermits is on it, too. Nobody's sure about anything right now until it happens, you know. You've been with the band 10 years. Yeah. When did, did you play with Tommy Sheckle or did Tommy, was Tommy gone at that point? Tom, yeah, Tommy had left at the same time that I joined. 
Yeah, oh, he had okay. left for the, for the Raiders. Yeah. I, knew, I knew it was right around that time, and I wasn't sure if you were – because I know, <laughs> I know you had Tommy come in and play uh, a couple – or play with you at the Blue Chips at one time. But... He did. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he learned he learned the show. I mean, we we needed somebody. We had like a week to find somebody to to. I don't know exactly why why it happened, but Tommy came in like a pro, you know. And I think Bruce Bruce came in from Chicago. Bruce Overoff, the Buckingham's keyboard player, to yeah. watch watch the show. It was fun, you know. And now uh, the bigger picture plays in Chicago every once in a while at the Hollywood Casino in uh, Aurora. I think we play the one in uh, uh, Joliet also. And so it gives a chance for the Chicago fans, Buckingham's fans, you know, to come and see my thing too. It's really neat. I see in a little bit different light, right? Yeah. 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 So that's all. That's a cool thing. So, so uh, where can we find uh, Dave Zane on social media? Well, I have a, yeah, I have a Facebook page. You know, friend me on Facebook, you know, I'm wearing like a, my famous purple jacket, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I have a, another uh, site that's called Friends of, Friends of Dave Zane that you can join. And between those two, I, that's what I've been doing most of my, most of my stuff with. Do you have a website or no? Or a website for the big picture band? No, I used to have a Zane's Way website, but it ran out and we haven't redone it. so. You know, so no website at the at the moment. I, I'm, I've got some original material that that I'm going to put out there that I've never have before. I've just been sitting on the stuff, and uh, so I'll put all that stuff on on Facebook, and then I'll uh, eventually I'll have have them for sale on uh, CD Baby or iTunes. I love I love to hear some of your original stuff. What the uh... What yeah. genre would you say it is, or what? what, what uh, it's poppy. I, I'd say like some like cheap trickish a little bit poppy, okay. you know, like that. Uh, I've got I've got a few ballads. I got some happy stuff. Uh, yeah. So once once it once it happens, I'll have to get get a hold of you and let you know, you know, what exactly going on with all of that. But well, we yeah. thank you, Dave. Thanks for joining us today and. Uh, and be well, present. thanks for having me. Thanks, I'm I'm honored. <laughs> oh no, no, it's it. Believe me, it's our pleasure uh, to have you. So definitely, hopefully, we'll see you guys out playing somewhere really soon. Yeah, well, please come out. I'd like to meet you in person here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, there's not another wave of this stuff that comes through. And, uh, but thank well, you very much. You once again, Dave. All yeah. right. Thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Dave Zane, uh, guitarist uh, for Zane's Way and Bigger Picture Band, the Buckingham's, Jane Americans, and and he's he's played with several several other people, hasn't he? <coughs> oh, sorry, a cicada just just landed in my mouth. Oh yeah, no, that was. Is, is the chocolate covered ones man. are good. The chocolate and they're great on the grill. Yeah, they are great on the grill. Yes, yeah. But getting back to Dave, uh, yeah, he's a busy boy, man. He's uh, it's crazy, he, you know. If it wasn't for this pandemic, he'd be somewhere um, nearly every night. Yes, indeed. I've known Dave for probably uh, twelve or thirteen years now, and and uh, it was good to talk to him and get some insight into uh, 
into the bigger picture of, of Dave Zane. Ooh, very nicely played. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so that, yeah, it was a great tie-in with the Buckinghams, too. Oh, yeah. Tune in next week. Maybe we'll bring you another surprise uh, tie-in. Or sure. maybe not. You just never know. You never know. Check us out on... Yeah, you never know what we're going to do, but uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, Twitter, on Twitter. Twitter. We're everywhere. Uh, you know, follow us, please. Follow us. Tell your friends. Look. Tell your family. Tell your tell your family. Tell your teachers. Tell your boss. Tell tell the bum on the street that's panhandling. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you have a cell phone, they can listen to a podcast. All right. Well, good, good, uh, good talking with everyone today, and uh, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next week. Take care. Thank you. Rock and Roll Chicago podcast does not own the rights to any of the music that's played on this podcast. The music is used to promote the band or musicians that are interviewed.